Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries right here in Northwest Arkansas. Great to be with you today. Uh, I had a very interesting thing happen this morning I want to share with you. I have in our garage a box filled with over 2,000 words, uh, prophetic words that were written throughout the years, going all the way back to the late 1990s, uh, all the way up into 2006. Most of them were written around that time. And uh, when I went there, I just kind of felt an unction this morning to go and to um, <clears throat> look into that box and to um, bring it out because I felt like the Lord had something he wanted to share out of the prophetic words that had been written uh, many, many years ago. And sitting at the very top of the box was a prophecy. And it was very interesting as I started reading it uh, in light of where we are today. And so the title of this message was The Desolation of America, Part 1. Now, I'm going to read this, but I have another message here uh, that I think is going to be very balanced to what we're about to read. But the information in this particular prophecy is, uh, again, I just one of those God things that happens uh, when you're on the air. I want to make sure that we're broadcasting live before I get into this today. It looks like we're coming through loud and clear on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, normally, Brian and Kathy would be with me this morning, but they are not. Uh, Brian injured his back, and we need to keep him in our prayers, and we need to continue to pray for everyone who's being afflicted or going through these types of uh, physical struggles or whatever else they may be going through. So we will lift up Brian and Kathy uh, in Jesus' name and command their backs to be made whole or Brian's back to be made whole. 
and that he would be recovered uh, quickly in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So just kind of waiting for folks to get on board here today. Good morning to everybody on Facebook. Good morning to everybody on YouTube. And for those on RevMedia.com, I want to say good morning to you as well. And as we wait for the gathering to come on, I've got a word. It was a prophetic word written many years ago. I'll give you all the details on it in just a moment. But again, it's a very, very telling message as to where we are right now at this very moment. And so we go back and uh, we consider that God has been aware of everything from the very beginning of time, that there's nothing escaping his attention. He is in absolute control, and we praise God for it. Um, Yesterday's broadcast, we had a lot of issues with, you know, video and Uh, you know, phone calls and connections and all of that. I'm not sure what the issue is. It really doesn't matter to me uh, other than my guests that come on this program deserve the very best quality. Um, So again, we're going to be looking into another way to do this um, beyond what we're doing because it's just not uh, as strong as it needs to be if we're going to do it. And so we're going to be continuing to pray and look into how can this be a better format with stronger, more clarity, calls coming in without the interruptions, Um, and we're still praying in that individual that can make that happen for us, that individual that knows exactly what to do and um, is swift in getting it done. So thank you for your prayers with that. What we've done thus far, we thank God for. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I just saw what happened yesterday, and I thought, no, it's got to get better than that. So, again, I want to welcome everybody coming into the broadcast right now on Facebook, YouTube, and on Rev Media. I'll tell you a little story before I get into this this message this morning. I was listening to Rick Wiles and Doc Burkhart on True News last night, and I was despaired to hear that they had received death threats uh, to their lives. And uh, there were many of them, and they were talking about it openly and freely. You could hear that interview or that conversation by listening to May 10th's uh, True News broadcast. Um, So the uh, reality, you could tell that there was, uh, you know, it's not an easy thing when somebody threatens your life or many somebodies threaten your life, and they made it very specific that yesterday was the day they were going to take them out. And so Rick was talking about this yesterday, and I'm sure we're going to hear from them tonight. And no weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. And one of the things I think really drew the animosity is when Rick Wiles began to talk about um, uh, the Khazarian Jews, I guess is the best way to say it, that the, the Jews in Israel are not the true Jews. And that drew wrath from every sector. And a lot of people said, Rick, you're, you know, you're treading upon you know, holy ground here, and this is a uh, taboo, and you're going to touch this thing, and sure enough, the unbelieving Jewish population heard him, like in the radical Austin, Texas area, where it's all just leftists, and uh, there's some men on a radio station that took the task to bring him out and brand him as an anti-Semite, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and so, yeah, you touch certain things, and it draws the ire of, of different individuals, even from the church realm. And so now they just got back from Jordan and the death threats came in, the death threats, you know, uh, against both of them, uh, Rick Wiles, Doc Burkhardt. So So keep them in your prayers and may God give them the courage to continue the course that they have been called to. Um, And that's 
just one of the things I want to talk about. And the message that we're going to be speaking on today uh, carries uh, a tone that I'm sure is going to, you know, aggravate some people on the left uh, that are calling for the mass murder of innocent babies. Okay, let's just get right to the point. Um, But there's a few other things that are happening in the news. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, has called for violence. She has called for violence. Now, I'm using that word because on January 6th, when President Trump made his speech, I think they went through the speech, it was 11,000 words altogether, and 20 or 21 times he used the word fight. And they interpreted that word fight to mean violence. Well, Lori Lightfoot, in a very small speech, I don't even think it had a thousand words in it, if that at all, used the word fight, fight like hell, fight um, several times. And so if we're going to judge by the same standard, they said Donald Trump called for an insurrection and for violent protest, when in fact he said with his own mouth, peaceful protest. And yet Lori Lightfoot has called to fight that same word in a, in a tenor of we won't give up, we're not going to back down, they're not going to let us stop killing babies mentality. And so this is a call to violence coming from a mayor of Chicago. And so probably uh, the way things are in today's climate, you're probably going to see the violence uh, that you're asking for. You're trying to promote violence. And uh, the left has created violence and spoken violence and did violence uh, while the right basically uh, sat back and watched it happen because you know, there's, there's a desire not to capitulate to the demand of the new world order to divide and conquer. So the people just refrain from any form of violence themselves, except for a few little skirmishes with the Proud Boys and other groups that were resisting Antifa and BLM, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, we became uh, spectators in this great uh, coliseum of battle. And so now Lori Lightfoot wants to stir that base again of the Antifa, BLM, et cetera, et cetera. George Soros is back and paying people to show up, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about the Supreme Court justices in this way that they are going to pay a horrible price for what they did for 50 years. And so their day of accountability is coming as well. And that's part of the prophecy that I'm going to share with you here in just a moment. Uh, Again, this goes back to 2006. So we're living in this climate now, Lori Lightfoot calling for violence uh, against the right, Uh, the idea of calling for violence against all conservatives. Uh, The other woman that was in New York City uh, showed you yesterday that was having an umbilical cord or a fetus and she was tearing it with a baby tied around her neck. We're killing your babies. We're killing your babies. This is the bloodlust. This is the absolute spirit of murder that is on the left, that is in the left. This is what people desire on the left is to mass murder innocent babies. And then anybody that resists their agenda, they call for violence. And they suppose that because they've shown violence, they thought everybody was sitting back terrified and afraid rather than understanding they were allowing themselves to be tempered. Uh, But when mayors start calling for violence, which, you know, fighting politically, fighting word wars, fighting, you know, is one thing. But when you call to take up arms and you start burning buildings and you start destroying people's businesses and their homes and their cars. When you start bringing that, well, either the cowards are going to run away with their tail between their legs, or they're just going to observe and watch what you're doing 
and then at the right moment, they're going to respond, and the response is probably going to be overwhelming. And so these poor little children that are getting a little morsel of bread every day because the George Soroses are paying them to go and protest, but when the violent ones come out and they start doing the damage, then they do it like cowards. They kind of like the Muslims in that way. Uh, the Muslims fired their rockets behind five-year-old babies, and it's just a cowardice thing. So these radicals supposedly mix in with the ones that are just going out there holding up a sign, and they, they, uh, they do their violence, and then people get hurt that were never really knowing what was going on. It's a very uh, cowardly thing. So the left is very cowardice. Um, they are filled with hypocrisy and delusion. Uh, it is an unbelievable freak show on the left. I mean, I'm just being honest and mild with my comments, quite frankly. It is a massive freak show going on in our country today. And you're waiting for the guy to come out and start throwing the bowling pins in the air and the juggling act and the wire walkers and, you know, uh, leading the elephants. I mean, it's a, just a circus, right? It really is. But with that being said, I want to read a prophecy to you. Oh, wait, there's another thing. Uh, this woman that's taking over Jan Psaki's uh, position, um, I forget the title of what they're doing there, but this, uh, this woman, uh, it's a very French name, uh, is going to be more insulting. She, she's set in Jan Psaki's name because she's going to become more vile in her speech, and she is an outspoken lesbian. And I'm sure by the end of the day that she and Lori Lightfoot, because the mayor of Chicago is also a lesbian, that these two women probably are going to try to get themselves together. I wouldn't be surprised by that, and it doesn't really matter, and I agree with that. But uh, they have the same rhetoric. They have the same, you know, gender problem, um, and so they have a mind problem as well. So all that's going on in our country right now, all that's going on in the world. We as Christians want to know how to respond to it. I mean, Paul put an anathema, he put a curse on anybody that didn't accept the Lord Jesus Christ. You can read that in your Bible, by the way. The passive preachers out there that are, you know, making everything lukewarm, I'm sorry that you're part of that and that you've been subject to that kind of doctrine, that you're not allowed to show any frustration, you're not allowed to burn within you, like the Apostle Paul said, I burn uh, with frustration over what's going on. Uh, you know, but you keep... You know, this, this awakening will eventually come, and I just hope it's not too late for a lot of people. So this is called the desolation of America. Uh, it begins, all her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. Today, as, and again, this is going back to, you know, 2006. 2006. This is what the Lord says to America. Your friends have become your enemies. Alliances shall be broken and loyalties shattered. Now go back to 2006. Remember the climate in 2006. I mean, you're talking now 16 years ago, right? So I'll deal perfidiously with you. I don't even know where I got that word from. This is what the Lord says to America. Your friends shall deceive you and betray you. They shall deal perfidiously with you. Your friends have become your enemies. Alliances shall be broken and loyalties shattered. You will see betrayal throughout the land in homes, relationships, churches, businesses, politics, and government. A spirit of division has been sent into the earth 
with upgraded skills, and it has been sent by the Lord of glory. Here's a scripture that went behind that. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it already be kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell you no, but rather division. This is the the message of Jesus Christ in the Gospel of Luke. I did not come to bring peace on earth. I came to bring division. And that's why that word above, a spirit of division has been sent into the earth with upgraded skills, and it has been sent by the Lord of glory. And then the scripture to back that up, suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell you no, but rather division, for from henceforth there shall be five in one house, divided three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, Luke 12, 49 to 53. It's in your Bible. You don't hear that preached a lot especially in a tepid, lukewarm atmosphere that has been produced by a a pink, cotton candy, fluffy gospel that has no potency to bring conviction, to bring brokenness and repentance so that a nation or an individual could turn back to God. It doesn't exist, right? So the idea that Jesus brings division, oh my gosh, that's so contrary to everything we teach and believe. Well, it's true. It's in your Bible, and all you have to do is read it to understand Uh, The next part of this prophecy said, America once dwelt at peace, but peace will be found no more. Remember, 2006, 16 years ago, the prophetic word of the Lord, America once dwelt at peace, but peace will be found no more. We haven't seen peace in this country, real peace, for a very long time. The inhabitants of America have been and will continue to live their day-to-day lives in fear, chaos, and confusion. Their best efforts to stabilize themselves with a false peace will be met with terrible disaster that will open their eyes to the reality of their eternal condition. No rest shall be found as each day brings forth new problems. Problem solving will take on a new meaning in these days, and the prognosticators and soothsayers of this day will be blinded by the darkness that has descended upon the nations. All the yoga meditation in the world will not ease the pain. America has opened the door to foreign gods, and a spirit of delusion has swept through the land. Those who have any light at all have faintly seen through the smoke and mirrors to the great deception being perpetrated upon the minds of the American population and around the world. The cry has gone forth to wake up, but many cannot and are sick in the bed of affliction. The pharmaceutical drug companies have sold a greater delusion to the American population as prescription drug sales mount to the billions of dollars each year so the minds of the people can rest from the demonic activity taking place within them. 
the medical and psychological institutions have told the people that their problems are bipolar and psychological alone. They told them that their problems can be coped with by taking these drugs, which are enslaving their souls. Truly, America has become a haunt of demons and a cage of every unclean thing. Many are being trapped and will not escape the destruction. People are trying everything to have a moment's rest or a peaceful day, but these things cannot be found. America's enemies are everywhere, and the people have been so dumbed down that they do not know it. The inhabitants of America have given their hope and trust to the governmental powers and military might of America. Oh, what has happened to you, O inhabitants of the mighty United States? Once your eyes were upon God, once your eyes were opened and visions filled your hearts with beautiful dreams, now your dreams have become nightmares and all your thoughts are motivated by lying devils and unclean imaginations. Truly, the American population has drunk the dregs of the cup and is mad. The scripture referred to, for in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he pours out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. That's what's happening to our country. We are being struck with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. These things were written in 2006, and they have come to pass verbatim. Let's go on. Stand now with your enchantments, and with the multitude of your sorceries, wherein you have labored from your youth. If so be, you shall be able to profit. If so be, you may prevail. You are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from these things that shall come upon you. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame, there shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. Isaiah chapter 47, verses 12 to 14. You know, I, I just so, I feel so led to read this again. So I'm going to slow it down, and I'm going to let you be the judge of a word that was spoken in 2006, written, published, sent all over the world, and I want to read the second part. Because I, I think this is happening. America once dwelt at peace, but peace will be found no more. You see, the cry right now in our country and around the world is for peace and safety. That cry is not, we have peace, we have safety. No, that cry is for peace, for safety, in a climate that is unpeaceful and insecure. So, this word says America. In 2006, America once dwelt at peace, but peace will be found no more. Now, you may be thinking as a Christian, I have peace with God, and I agree. The only true peace that will ever be found is in Jesus Christ. If you have given your life into him, and you have accepted his life into you, you will have the most profound peace. But don't let that peace that you have be thought of as being given to this country. 
the people of God have always given their energy, their resources, their time, their strength to the world powers, like the Jews that were in Egypt. They built their empire. They gave their strength, their time, their energy to building pyramids for the pharaohs of Egypt. God is saying to his people today, if you want peace, it can be found in Jesus Christ nowhere else. And don't try to give that peace to a world that's offending God. Don't try to give that peace. Don't tell them they could have peace. And that's what this prophetic word says. America will never know peace again. You know why? Because America has blasphemed the spirit of the living God. America has blasphemed the Son of God. America has shed innocent blood. America has passed laws into legislation that are evil against God. They have offended God. They have rebelled against God. So don't give them the peace that you have in Christ. And the, and the church just loves to do that. They think that what Christ gave to them because of their faith in him, that they're going to get it over there. No, it doesn't work that way. America will never know peace. And now we're 16 years down the road. There's no peace in America. This word thus far is being fulfilled. Let's go on. The inhabitants of America have been and will continue to live their day-to-day lives in fear, chaos, and confusion. Now, you know that confusion has hit this land in a major way. Just confusion. Now, you know that the Bible talks about homosexuality lesbianism as producing confusion. You do know that, right? As a matter of fact, I'm going to slow down just for a moment and take this time and we'll have a little Bible study. And I want to just show you the kind of confusion that is being spoken of here. So I'm going to go to my little healthy concordance and I'm going to look up. Now in Leviticus 18.23, let's just look at a few of these. Leviticus 18.23 Neither shall thou lie with any beast to defile yourself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Some women like to have sex with animals or beasts, whatever is referred to, right? Leviticus 20:12. And if a man lie with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have wrought confusion. Their blood shall be upon them. And we go on down to this confusion. Um, It it gets into areas of sensuality and sexuality that produce the confusion. What is the word confusion? Well, it's the tabel, and it means mixture, unnatural bestiality, confusion. It goes on into another Hebrew word, the balal. And it means to mingle, to mix oneself. Uh, it, it talks about to fodder. Okay? So sexual perversion produces confusion. Homosexuality is confusion. Lesbianism is confusion. Transgenderism is confusion. Pedophilia is confusion. And our land and our generation, particularly from 2006, has been hit with a massive spirit of confusion, okay? Now, I heard years ago that they were going to press for laws that a person could actually marry their their pet, their animal. That was in the military, by the way. So I want to go on just a little bit further. 
day-to-day lives living in fear, chaos, and confusion. Now, you may say, oh, look at, the, look at the inhabitants of America. Nobody's walking in fear. There's no confusion. There's no chaos. And I want to remind you that right beneath the skin, this little thing called skin, right beneath it is a layer called panic. And I'm telling you that people are right now, they hear a leaf drop and they're freaking out. They don't know what's going on. There's a level of fear and chaos and confusion all over the world. And in this country that's being targeted for disaster because it's a Judeo-Christian nation, this country, um, and it's, on, it's, in, it's everywhere. It's in the communities of, of wickedness. It's in all of it. And it's just beneath the layer of the skin. And this message said efforts to stabilize themselves with a false peace will be met with terrible disaster that will open their eyes to the reality of their eternal condition. So here, a false peace. Uh, I have acceptance from the people within the community I'm a part of. Uh, I have acceptance the government's taking care of me. I have acceptance... Or I have a facade of peace because I drink, because I smoke to calm my nerves. I smoke marijuana to, to numb my mind. Uh, I use drugs, crystal methamphetamine. I smoke cocaine. Uh, I snort cocaine. I smoke crack. I use heroin. I'm using ecstasy. I use all these different drugs. Uh, I, I, I'm in peace because I, I'm sexually um, sound. I, I'm insulated with sexual images of pornography, and I'm, I'm feeding my human nature, my base human nature, uh, and so I'm, I'm insulated by this spirit of sex and, you know, these things. Or I have a, uh, a make-believe peace, a pseudo-peace that comes from my philosophy, that comes from my religion, that Buddha somehow is going to get me to eternal bliss in heaven, and Hinduism is going to help me, and false religion, and false gods, and evil spirits, and lying-seducing spirits, peace and safety spirits. I mean, all these things. Well, what is that? It's a best effort to stabilize the society or the individual with false peace and terrible disaster will confront that. And that's what's been happening in our country for years now, particularly since 2006. I mean, how many times do we have to go through the list? School shootings, ball shootings, hurricanes, tornadoes, volcanoes, massive flooding. I mean, go on down the list of the insanity that has hit our nation since 2006, and you can have a book, a 1,000-page book of the calamities that hit the United States of America, particularly from that time. And this is a revelation to the eternal condition of the heart of the people. No rest shall be found. No real rest. A pseudo-rest a make-believe rest, a pretended rest, but no rest shall be found as each day brings forth new problems. I mean, we have it every single day, new problems. Problem-solving, this prophetic word said, will take on a new meaning in these days, and the prognosticators and soothsayers of this day will be blinded by the darkness that has descended upon the nations. Did you know that most of the uh, wisdom that world leaders are getting are coming from demonic spirits? 
They come through the people that are seers in the realm of the occult. They come from people that are into all kind of witchcraft and magic and sorcery. Uh, they come from the, the secret societies, the secret information, the secret revelation of the occult, uh, the, the, the mystery religions. Uh, they're people that tune in and are connected to the demonic, and they get fed information about when to go to war, what to do, how to do this. This is not just mere humanity navigating, because if human beings had a sound mind, they never would have promoted the things they promoted and offended the God that they offended, right? I mean, it's just plain. So these people have learned through their prognosticators, through their soothsayers, through all these different mechanisms of the occult to get their wisdom. This is the wisdom of the world. And this is coming from directly from Satan through his demonic spirits, that are sent into the world and are guiding the minds of global leaders around the world. And everything they're doing is lining up with what God said would happen. So a time of blindness and darkness is coming where these people that have had the mind of Satan and the mind of demons, they're not going to have any answers. Why? Why? All the yoga and meditation in the world will not ease the pain. So pain is coming. There's been a lot of pain in America since 2006 when this prophetic word was written. A lot of pain, a lot of birth pains, a lot of contractions, a lot of hurt since 2006. America has opened the door to foreign gods and a spirit of delusion has swept through the land. America was once a Judeo-Christian nation. The Jews and the Gentiles, if you want to use that paradigm, they all believed in the Bible. The majority of the people in America were Bible-believing people, Old Testament, New Testament. The nation once reverenced God. The nation once had laws supporting the Word of God. It's protecting the psyche of the society by outlawing homosexuality, abortion, and all these issues today. There was a check on Hollywood so that evil would not proceed out of the mind because they knew how powerful Hollywood would become, how they could present propaganda and images and ideas and concepts and all these things. So there was a check on it. But the laws that once checked Hollywood, the laws that once checked uh, abortion and homosexuality, that you went to prison for these things. Well, all those laws have been broken, right? And so we've given up on the one true living God and we opened a door to false gods, foreign gods. Evil spirits have poured into the United States like a portal was opened and they came down like hell itself or they came up from the uh, beneath. Either way, portals were opened all over this nation, from Woodstock in the 1960s to the, uh, uh, the abortion issue that opened a door to the satanic, to the rock and roll, to the drug culture, to the, you know, it just all opened. And we, you could see it if you stand back and look how the demonic has come into this nation and ruled in the minds of the masses and done what it's done, right? Those who have any light at all have faintly seen through the smoke and mirrors of the great deception 
being perpetrated upon the minds of the American population and around the world, very few people saw what was happening. You would have thought that the Christian leaders in the 1960s, in the 1970s, in the 1980s, in the 1990s, in the year 2000, in 2010, now 2020, you would have thought that the Christian leaders, that the Christian church would have had a bird's eye view of the intricacy of the demonic that was working in this nation, and they would have had such an outcry against it. But instead, the churches were blinded because of a desire to have maybe the limelight, reputation, money, big stages, whatever, something happened that only a few were seeing it, and the climate in the churches became so morbid that when one had light to see and they spoke the light they saw, the churches hated it, and they tried to destroy it like the Philistines covering up the wells of Abraham. I mean, there was no desire for light and truth in the majority of our churches. And so we see the condition of it today again. The cry has gone forth to wake up, but many cannot and are sick in the bed of affliction. There was a cry. There was a shout from the few. Enough events were happening in the world in 2006 to have awakened anybody from their slumber but we found that people could not wake up because they were stuck in the bed of Jezebel. They were afflicted and bound. They were sick. It says in the book of Revelation, I'll put you in the sick bed of Jezebel. I'll put you there. You'll be in a sick bed. You won't be able to rise. And people are sick in their minds and their souls and their emotions and their thoughts. They can't get out of it. They're stuck in bondage. And this is true. The pharmaceutical drug companies have sold a greater delusion to the American population as prescription drug sales mount to the billions of dollars each year so the minds of the people can rest from the demonic activity taking place within them. In other words, and I had a friend that was walking down a freeway one day and he lost his mind. I used to minister to him. His name was Henry all the time. His wife left him and something happened. He snapped. And the police picked him up. Um, he was walking down the freeway, and the police took him in, and they put him on these drugs because the insanity that was going on in his head. And he wound up being subjected to that. And he came to our church, and I ministered. I loved Henry and ministered the word of God, praying that anointing would break that yoke. So there are people all over the world and in this country, because we're focusing on America, that are using some kind of pharmaceutical drugs. And now the pharmaceutical drug industry, people are becoming so dependent upon it. You know, I, got, I need to have these drugs. I, I have to have this medicine. I have to have this. I have to have that. And nobody really knows what's inside the drugs. I mean, you take one drug and it causes 15 different problems. I mean, nobody really knows what's going on. It's such a sick thing. And you would think if one drug solves one problem but creates 15 others, people would become a little suspect to that but they're so dependent upon what that one drug could do for their one problem, they're not really considering what the other drugs could do, and they're told, ah, they have to say that. Well, this is crazy, right? People are masking the mental 
torment in their souls with drugs. They are masking the sickness of their soul. They are masking the sickness in their mind. They cannot handle the thought processes, and so they take the drugs to temper that, to calm it down. That's a reality. The medical and psychological institutions have told the people that their problems are bipolar and psychological alone, when in fact, they are demonic. They are demonic. They are evil spirits tormenting the minds of the masses because the doors have opened to the satanic because of the evil that has been promoted in our society. Every form of wicked evil. Pornography is representative of altars that are given to the sex gods. They used to have them in the Old Testament. They had these wild orgies and they had these goddesses with 4,000 breasts or whatever. And they would bake their cakes to the queen of heaven. And there were sexual things that went on. Sex, pornography, is a satanic altar that people, again, open the door to demonic spirit. And if you're involved in pornography, then demon spirits are operating in your soul and in your mind. I mean, it's just a simple reality. And abortion are other altars that open the door to demonic influence. Homosexuality opens the door to demonic influence. Lesbianism opens the door to demonic influence. Pedophilia does. Transgenderism does. you got to wake up to realize the spiritual warfare that's going on in all these different altars of idolatry that have been built and constructed in our society and then the offerings and the sacrifices that are being committed daily through these things. And remember, pornography was said in the past to be a weapon against mightier enemies. They use pornography as a weapon to dismantle the family, to break the thread, to hold together a society, and to bring people into bondage and captivity so they could enter in and do the worst that they want to do. Come on. Why do we ignore these things? Why does the church ignore the fact that pornography is a demonic altar that opens the door to demonic possession? And then we try to go and get it done psychologically. Well, here, take some drugs. And all you're doing is appeasing the demonic by destroying the person because you're taking the person out that's using the psychological meds and they're no, they're no longer effective to do anything useful for the kingdom of God. Come on. Why do we resist the simple knowledge and the truth? So when you consider that abortion, every abortion, every altar, every abortion clinic is a, is a satanic portal of bloodshedding to bring demons to empower. And when pornography does the same thing and homosexuality does the same thing, when you consider it, can you see, begin to see how many demonic presence have fulfilled our, are in our land? And the church is trying to battle and the church doesn't even want to do spiritual warfare anymore. The church doesn't want to do it. Um, you know, the best thing they have is, you know, fighting and, and, and saying some scriptures that they quote. No, 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 no. No, the spiritual warfare is so rank right now. Can you see it? Do you know it? Can you feel it all around you? Well, they told them that their problems can be coped with by taking these drugs again. Now, Patricia Joy Xavier, author of the book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, she spoke extensively on this issue, how the 
uh, pharmaceutical industry by their sorceries, which is pharmacia, by their sorceries were all nations deceived. And if you have not yet read the book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, and understand the spiritual warfare that you're going to be engaged with and how that book was there to equip you for the spiritual battle that lie ahead, that you're now walking in the very core of spirits, demonic spirits, and the only thing you have is the Holy Spirit, the light that is within you, the oil, the anointing, the word of God, however much oil, however much word you have in you is what you've got to walk through this season with. That's why you're called to be a wise virgin and not a foolish virgin. The more word in you, the more oil in you, the more anointing, the more spirit is the more ability you're going to have to navigate through it. But the, the foolish virgins are going to get caught in the darkness. They're not going to be able to navigate through. They're going to get stuck. And he's talking about people that say they believe. Okay. So these drugs are enslaving the souls of the people. There are people that are in bondage today. They take the drugs. They don't feel the pain, but they're not spiritually activated. They're not operating in the Holy Spirit. They're not moving by the Spirit. They're not being led by the Spirit. And again, you, you know, you may be somebody that uh, has a, a horrible situation in your life, and you went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you got to do this, and you did it, and you, you just thought, okay, well, this has helped me. This has helped me. Okay, well, maybe there is a time where somebody has been helped by these things. It's okay to use the world, not abuse it, not become dependent upon it. Abusing something is becoming dependent upon it. So we're allowed in Scripture to use the world. Just don't become dependent upon the world system. Because once you become dependent, that's when you go into bondage. But if you need to use something for a moment to help you get something. Now, if the drug you're using is never going to solve the problem, Maybe you need to start finding out what I can do to get the problem solved. And the last time I checked, the right thing to do is call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by his stripes you are healed. Start to learn how to build up your faith to get healed and to rely upon the power of God and use the other stuff just in case. You, see, you know what I'm saying? Come on. Truly. America has become a haunt of demons and a cage of every unclean thing. Have you stopped to consider, even though it looks so pretty outside, you have nice neighborhoods, you have ships, boats, cars, all these different things, which is slowing down right now because of all the stuff going on and the day of accountability is coming. But you ever look out, everything, oh, what's so beautiful, what a beautiful neighborhood. Oh, look at Southern California. Look at these beautiful mountain resorts. Oh, it's so beautiful. But have you ever stopped to think what's going on behind closed doors? What's really happening in the marketplace? That America has become a haunt of demons and a cage of every unclean thing? That in those beautiful neighborhoods, the things they're doing behind closed doors, oh, my gosh, many are being trapped and will not escape the destruction. And that destruction, the big birth pang is upon us right now. People are trying everything to have a moment's rest or a peaceful day, but these things cannot be found. Can't. There's no true peace in the world, in a country that has opened portals to demonic spirits. And the very best of God's people are walking on a mountaintop 
like Abraham, in covenant with Father God through his son Jesus Christ, in the very best, are separated. The majority of the mediocre are down in Sodom and Gomorrah, running for their lives, and they are going to run for their lives. It's true. It's just true. Where are you? Are you down in Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot? In your attitude, in your conduct, in your in your development as a Christian? Or are you walking in faith with Abraham, entertaining the presence of God, enjoying the presence of God, hearing the prophetic word of the Lord of the things that will be? Is Father God telling you what's gonna, what he's going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah to put you in intercessory prayer? Well, you know, where are you walking with God? That's a big question for all of us, right? America's enemies are everywhere, and the people have been so dumbed down that they do not know it. America's enemies, I'm writing this in 2006, remember that. America's enemies are everywhere. Well, they're now in the White House. They're now in the Capitol building. They're now in the Supreme Court building. The enemies of America are everywhere throughout our nation. They have taken root and are ruling and reigning and controlling this country, putting into positions of power the most evil, ungodly people. That's not how America was built, but it is a sign of the times of the righteous judgment of God first against the church for its silence, for its capitulation, and then upon a nation that's being transformed into hell. This is happening on your watch. This is happening right here, right now, and it's been growing all around you for years now. The inhabitants of America have given their hope and trust to the governmental powers and military might of America. Ooh. I mean, consider that folly that you would give yourself your hope to the government? You would give your hope to the military? Really? That's a little short-sighted. Oh, what has happened to you, oh, inhabitants of the mighty United States? What has happened to our country? I'll tell you what's happened. We have sinned against God. We have broken the covenant. We have rejected the Son. We have defied the living God and have raised a fist against a holy God. And we have contended with him. For many years with the pornographic industry, with the abortion industry, now with the homosexual agenda, we have contended with God by building and constructing these things that are exact warfares against him. They are intended to be war. And so now comes our day of accountability and the nation is in shambles and the people can't think. They are so confused. They're calling good evil and evil good. They're probably saying messages like this are bad when it's the only truthful message that can be found in the Bible anyways. I mean, my God, there's such accuracy here. Prophetic words of God spoken in 2006, and here we are 16 years later. Look at the fulfillment of them. Wow, Lord, wow. The truth of God 
How many people want to hear it, right? Once your eyes were upon God, the inhabitants of this nation, for the majority, their eyes were open to the Judeo-Christian God of the Bible. Once your eyes were opened and visions filled your hearts with beautiful dreams, the entrepreneurship, the business, the great starting up of things, it was beautiful, it was normal, it was moral. Now, your dreams have become nightmares, and all your thoughts are motivated by lying devils and unclean imaginations. Truly, the American population has drunk the dregs of the cup and is mad. When have you ever heard in this country, ever, where the inhabitants are beginning to say, a lot of them, who are looking at the Nazification, the satanic priesthood in Washington, D.C., in Hollywood, in legislation in New York City and other cities across this country, when have you ever heard people hoping that Putin will save the day? Putin? Russia? Maybe he'll have the chutzpah to actually do something to stop the insanity? When have you ever heard people saying, God, maybe God will raise up Russia to pull the the, the trigger and to take the nuclear sword out of his sheath and bring this thing to an end. It's so insane. And allow the cities of America to burn on fire to stop the madness within our nation. When have you ever heard that before? And yet it's becoming a louder cry. Man, I hope, I hope Russia deals with those Ukrainians. But, you know, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, there in Burisma, Ukraine, you know where Joe goes. There's corruption. You know there's evil. There's demonic. It's not good. It's not right. It's not truth. It's not light. So Ukraine is the home base of something weird with Joe Biden. Who knows? Maybe he's got a uh, – listen, whatever's going on there, Russia knows there's something there that's evil. And so the New World Order uh, that's supporting Joe Biden right now in this demonic frenzy, demonizing Putin. Now, the, the, America had always thought the Cold War with Russia, you know, Russia the bear, Russia the gray, Russia the cold, Russia bad, Russia bad. And then they accused Trump of having Russian collusion for all these years, right? And as though there was something going on there that was bad. Now the real bad people are in Ukraine with NATO and, and the globalists and Russia. The hope, gee, I hope they've cursed the man with all kinds of sickness and they need to curse him every day like they did Trump. Curse him every day, curse him every day. But he's the one that has the ability to actually launch a nuclear strike against the United States, against Ukraine, against NATO forces. And there are other countries and terror cells in the United States of America, all kinds of sleeper cells and terror cells that this is the year of awakening that are ready to do it. I mean, and, and people are actually going, yes, do it. Because this insanity that is going on in our nation, the arrogance and the pride and the blasphemy who will stop it? And you say, oh, God Almighty, Father God, but the church, what can they say? They went silent. The church let it happen. 
The church didn't use the power that they had to stop it. And they're actually a part of it. So a little tiny remnant, I mean, Abraham's begging not for the salvation of Sodom and Gomorrah. He's begging that his nephew will be spared. He didn't say, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you about 40 and 30 and 20 and 10 so that you'll spare Sodom and Gomorrah because I love going there for vacation. Can you imagine Abraham going, oh, I love Sodom and Gomorrah, the palm trees, the water. Oh, it's such a delightful place. Lord, spare Sodom and Gomorrah so I can continue to go on vacation. No, his intercession is that his nephew Lot will be spared from the destruction. And so a few people are praying, praying for your nephews, pray for your, your sons, your daughters. Get the heck out of these areas that are marked for disaster. Right? So you're praying, dear God, have mercy. Get them out. God doesn't spare Sodom and Gomorrah. God doesn't spare it, but he does answer the prayer of his interceding friend, and he brings Lot out. But Lot, you know, he, his life becomes a menagerie of problems. I mean, right now it's just all kinds of wicked things happen because that man was never really honoring God the way that God wanted him to honor him. You say there's more than 50 righteous people in America, therefore God will spare it because he said he would. Yeah, but that's not what the book of Ezekiel says. The book of Ezekiel says in the day of destruction, the righteous and the wicked will be there, and the righteous will only spare themselves. They'll only save themselves. You've got to balance the word of God. So anyways, truly the American population has drunk the dregs of the cup and is mad. Americans are mad upon their idols. The spirit, the mindset of people, the things that people do are mad. And they say that somebody that cries out against it, rocks the boat, shakes and shouts from the rooftops as loud as they possibly can, that they're the problem. I'm going to go on in this. Because this I thought was very interesting. I'm going to share it. And by the way, I just want you to know that I wrote this word. In 2006, and we were going to put, these are over 2,000 messages that were going to go into a book. I was going to put these messages uh, into a book, and I had friends doing some work on them. And uh, I've never been able to put it into a book. I uh, just haven't done it. But I wrote that in 2006. And this here, I thought, was amazing simply because it's talking about what's going on in our country right now. And... I'm going to show you the date on it. Again, this was in 2006, in the month of August 2006, and it was titled, I Have Drawn the Line. I Have Drawn the Line. Listen, 16 years ago, 16 years ago, and what's happening in the last few weeks? Listen, Roe versus Wade, right? The abortion issue. Listen, I have drawn my line deeper in the sand, and I have separated a people unto myself who love me with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. I have separated a people into the light of my glory, and oh, how great their rewards shall be. I hope that's you. You will say to me, I am so glad that I obeyed you, Lord. I am so overjoyed that I did not give up or give in, but stayed the course until the end and ran my race according to the rules. 
For I have now finished my race and my reward is laid up for me. I am so glad, Lord, that I did not sell out for the Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold. I am so glad that I did not receive the gospel of gain as the gospel of truth. I am so glad that I was willing to give all away to embrace all of you. Why will you say these things? Because you shall walk in the covenantal blessing of your father Abraham. And everything you have done or ever will do will always work to your favor. You will say indeed that all things have most certainly worked together for my good. Yes, you love me and I love you. And I'm going to reward you with plenty in the time of little. I will satisfy you in drought and cause your vats to overflow, even in the midst of loss and destruction. I will cause you to prosper in the prosperity of your father Abraham, and you shall be full on every side, and no lack will come near you whatsoever. For you will know what it means to be content in all things. To be content in all things means that whatever your situation is, you are full For contentment is fullness, and your fullness depends not upon your circumstances, but me, says the Lord. And then this prophecy shifts. It begins with the people of God in covenantal blessing with Abraham, like Abraham on the mountaintop. Well, lots down below, and then it shifts. Oh, yes. You shall shout for joy from the rooftops of the earth, and you shall walk in your kingship anointing. And your words shall never fall to the ground. You did not fear when you heard the Lord was coming out of his chamber to judge the earth. You did not fear when you heard the nations were about to collapse. You did not fear when you heard when you heard when you heard famine will strike the earth. You did not fear when you heard terrorist attacks would strike all over the world. You did not fear when you heard that devastation and ruin were coming to America. You did not fear when you heard the economy in America was going to collapse. No, you did not fear because your eyes were on me and you knew that my justice must be served upon a nation who has turned its back on me and legalized the abomination that causes desolation. But now, hear my words and hear them clear, says the Lord. Do not ignore what I'm about to say and do not turn a deaf ear to me. Hear my heart. My people have known me as mercy, grace, truth, and love. They have known me as forgiving and compassionate and full of tender mercy. Yet now I will show you my heart in a fuller way. I am displeased with America and the nations of the earth that have fallen to the powers of darkness. I am grieved in my heart, and I am full and ready to overflow the nations of the earth with my justice. Listen. America, the day you legalized the first murder of innocent blood, I began to withdraw from you. I saw devils stand before the womb of women and take the clasps and reach within the womb 
and take hold of the fetus, the life of a child. I saw you pull the child out of the womb, leaving only the head in the womb for your legal purposes. I saw you take your long-handled scissors and thrust them within the womb into the back of the baby's head. I saw you puncture the head of the child, then stick your vacuum into the hole. I saw you suck the brains out of the child, causing the skull to collapse. I saw you then pull the rest of the murdered child out of the womb and discard it in abominable ways. I saw, I saw, and my heart was grieved. I saw you legalize, and this is in 2006, over 50 million murders in the name of your law. I saw every child that you murdered, and I wept. For many years, the blood of these innocent have cried out for mercy upon their murderers. But I now, but now their cry has changed. No longer do the innocent cry out for mercy, but justice. America, I saw when you legalized the abomination that causes desolation. I saw when you passed your laws that were contrary to mine, and I continued to withdraw myself from you. I gave you over to your ways and to your lewdness. I gave you over to your abominations. I saw you legalize every wicked thing, and I have heard your jesters and mockers sit in the seat of the proud and wicked, laughing at the injustices and railing upon those who care. I see. You are filthy. You are altogether polluted and deluded, so much so that you know not that I have already turned you over to fables and fairy tales and have caused you to believe a lie. 2006. Your dreamers and leaders will once again stand amazed at the judgment your nation will be struck with. And I dare say, dear Father, God in heaven. God said this, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers with her in her sins. My people will stand afar off and see the justice of my heart revealed from heaven in a demonstration of wrath and indignation. My true ones will rest in the vengeance I bring upon the nation, for they know that justice must be served. My righteous ones shall watch and see the wrath that I will pour out, but not a tear shall fall from their eyes, except for the relief that my justice has prevailed. Come out my people, and be separate, for I am releasing a cycle of judgment that will blow the doors down. Now, there have been cycles of judgment since 2006, but just recently, yesterday, I read Leviticus 26 about the cycles of judgment, and if you don't repent after one cycle, I'll bring another cycle of seven. There is a massive birth pain. 
that's ready to hit the nations. The United States is the targeted nation for this disaster. The justice of God is going to be served. Roe versus Wade, I don't care what decision they make in the Supreme Court. It does not matter. Take your flimsiness and go somewhere else. It does not matter. You're in a jubilee cycle of 50 years of shedding blood and all the other abominations. And God says, now, the next birth pang that's going to accelerate contractions. There are going to be many sevens, cycles, birth pangs are going to hit, but it's going to start with one. And the righteous people will not shed a tear. They're going to see cities taken out. You're going to see more death, more fire, more destruction than you have ever seen in your life. It's going to be so severe. Ah, the woman will cry on her bed. She will scream with this one. She will scream a bloody scream for the violent contraction that will be released on this nation. And yet the people who walk with God will know this is from the Lord. For some reason, I wrote this. Nahum was a prophet who prophesied the destruction of Nineveh, the Assyrians, about 100 years after Jonah went to Nineveh. While Jonah's message was restrained because of the kindness and compassion of God, after he saw the people repent and turn from their evil devices, Nahum's message was fulfilled and Nineveh was destroyed. We see in Isaiah chapter 10 that God used Assyria as the rod of his indignation to chastise his people because of the sins that have overflowed the cup in America, both the rod and the wrath of mighty storms and violence shall weaken the nation and it shall finally collapse. America is a breath away from total collapse, violent collapse. And I don't know how to describe our Father's heart to you other than what you've been listening to, what you've been watching. Not pretended, not theatrical. If I can express to you what I feel in my belly when it comes to the righteous judgment of God and the justice of God being served upon this nation. Years have been spent having these words spoken 16 years ago getting my own heart cleaned up before the Lord so there wouldn't be any hypocrisy, so that I wouldn't be living the way that the world is living and then cry out against it. <clears throat> no. Cleaning up my heart, cleaning up my mind, cleaning up my soul, reckoning myself to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God, receiving the blessing of the Lord. Remember, this started out with the glory of God. And you may say, well, that's such a hard thing, but if you read the beginning of it, these writings, when, when I wrote these, they were so well-balanced, so well-balanced that if you're a worshiper of God, you could stand in the glory of God and experience the blessings that were written in this exact same prophecy. I feel it. I feel God's righteous indignation. And here we are. Here we are. 
I want to take just a little break here. I want to go and see if we're broadcasting. Let's say some hello to some friends that are out here today. Um, <clears throat> it looks like we're probably not broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio. I guess very something going on there. Let me say good morning to Kevin Halger. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. I will look into what might be a better fit to accept call and do videos. Thank you, Kevin. Praise God. I know you're super busy. God bless you. Carol Page Carey, good morning, saints of God. Good morning, Carol. John Hershey, it's a beautiful day. Hello, John. Dennis Sossaman, Pastor Denny, the great physician. Tammy Ivey, good morning, my brethren. Blessing, strength, faith, hope, joy, and love be unto you today. Shalom, Tammy. All right, very good. Love it. Melissa Fletcher, good morning, church. Blessings be upon you. Praying for your strength and endurance in these days. My heart is heavy, but my spirit is renewed through faith in Yeshua. May the love of the Father flow through you. Amen. Uh, Tammy Ivy, oh, come, Lord Jesus. God has really put this on my heart, and I have been praying and fighting for these precious babies. Yeah. Okay. So a few people out there on the chat room, good morning. God bless you. Uh, some calls coming in right now. Let me see what's happening in area code 916. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You are on the air. Hello. Ah, good morning, Pastor Vincent. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Let me see where I am. There I am. Okay. How are you doing, sir? Are yeah, we coming through coming, loud and clear today? You're coming through loud and clear on Blog Talk Radio. No problem. Uh, very good. Thank you. Praise God. So how are you today, yeah, Brother well, Mark? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Doing well. I had some thoughts uh, that I wanted to share based on um, some of the issues that you discussed today. You know, your... Um, your description of the state of the United States today and indeed of the world was pretty right on. And I, I just kind of want to narrow the focus a little bit. Um, you, you were talking about homosexuality, lesbianism. You were talking about pornography. You were talking about drug abuse, drug addiction, and so much more. You know, with a broad stroke of Satan's paintbrush, there are so many millions of different avenues to be drawn away from the Spirit of God, to be drawn away and distracted and taken away from the love of God. There's, and I've said this many times before, Pastor, there's thousands of, of television stations and radio stations and print media and internet channels. There's millions of them, but there is only one. There's only one true word of God. And that word of God is set forth in the scripture, which we see in the Bible. The ratio is huge. Uh, the ratio is absolutely huge. There's there's really only one way to get it right, and that is to walk in the spirit of the Lord, to study the word of God, and to commit oneself to listening only to the word of God and not listening to the radio and not taking in to one's soul all the diverse demonic messages that are put out there every minute of every day by everything that is not the Bible. It would almost appear as though the word of God is a dim candle light in a world of darkness. And, and if that's the truth, if that's okay, then, then so be it. Let the word of God be a dim light from a single candle. But as for my house, 
we are moving towards that light. Uh, uh, my wife and I are in the process of shirking off and turning away from everything that is not of the word of God. That's, that's what we're focusing on now. And I'm okay with that. I'm all right with giving up so many different worldly things. I'm okay with letting go of and severing relationships and friendships that are not productive in the word of God. Really, anymore, Pastor, the, the only people I want to be around are people who are of a like mind, who listen to and abide by the word of God. Again, as set forth in Scripture, which is what we find in the Bible. But narrowing the focus a little bit, if you were to, if you were to be able to live inside the heart of the millions and millions and billions and billions of people who do not listen to the word of God, who disregard the Lord, who choose to be ignorant of the Lord's spirit, the Holy Spirit, and people who are seeking their pleasure, their entertainment, their peace, their mollifying from those aspects that you mentioned today, pornography, sex, drugs, distractions of all sort. If you were able to just really peek into the heart of an individual who's doing that, you, you are going to see a very, very discontented heart. You're going to see a heart that is so accustomed to the devil's misleading and the devil's deception that that heart just doesn't know the way to actual peace and actual happiness and, and contentment. The world has nothing to offer, really, anymore, but the Lord has everything to offer. People who are addicted to the world, pastor, they are ready at a moment's notice to get into a firefight with anyone who mentions the word of God. And that's a sad thing. Um, this is why, you know, New Wine Ministries broadcast get taken down off of the internet. It's because the broadcasts that you originate are calling for conviction of individuals. And people are, genuine, generally speaking, people are not at all comfortable with conviction and not willing to repent. So I, I guess the bottom line of my opinion this morning is that we are a minority. Uh, people who genuinely and truly want to abide by the word of God, we are a minority. And we will continue to stand strong in the faith. We will continue to study and hear and live the word of God. And that's what we do. And there's no turning back. In my heart and in my home, there's no turning back. And that's my story, Pastor, and I'm sticking to it. Well, I think it's, a, it's, it's an accurate story. And as you were talking about these people, if you could look into their hearts and you would see the torment. And you see, we know this because w such were some of us. I mean, we, we all had our stay in the world. We're not yeah. being holier than thou. Absolutely. So, we, yeah, we know the darkness. We know the torment. We know the, the insanity that goes on and, and sometimes real torment. Just um, quite some of your background noise just for a second here. Um, so the, 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 if you could peer in and you could recognize 
uh, what's going on in the heart of the people that have rejected Christ, not only their pain and their torment, but demonic spirit that has wrapped itself around their soul. And if you can see the soul of a person and you can see the tentacles of the demonic that have established a stronghold on that soul, that very tentacle, that very arm around the soul is going to carry it away into eternal damnation. And this is what I don't think people can recognize, that when we were in the condition that the world was in, we too were being on that wide road that leads to destruction, taken away. And thank God when the gospel came, when the name of Jesus came into our lives, we turned and we have fled as a refuge, as you said, to the cross. But the people in this generation that have rejected, mocked, scoffed, denied, have been deceived, and the demons have tantalized their, their, their lower nature and, and given them what they wanted. See, what they don't see in the depth is that claw of the enemy possessing the soul. And the soul of that person, when their physical body dies, being brought into hell, being brought into death, into torment, <clears throat> that's something that people just do not see, and that is an eternal judgment. <clears throat> yes, that's, that's exactly correct. It's, yeah. Absolutely. Well said, sir. All right, my friend. That's so sad. Because the day is coming that the door will be shut. <clears throat> the day of salvation draws to a close. The day of salvation draws to a close. Thank you for your call, Mark. Anything else, sir? Well, I, I just wanted to say that my wife and I are just so very grateful that we finally, or at least that I finally, decided to reject the ways of the world and turn our attention to Christ. My wife has been on board with that for a long time, and I was kind of a, a slow straggler as she dragged me along. But <clears throat> praise the Lord that finally the light shined through into my heart. And uh, again, there's no turning back. Amen. And, and you know what's so amazing uh, right now, and I, I so deeply appreciate your phone call, uh, the inspiration, the light, the encouragement behind the call. I, I, I sense that I've got a Bible study lined up tonight that's going to, uh, I really believe it's going to catapult people into the God's glory. I, I just absolutely believe that God has a word to speak to the church at New Wine Ministries and uh, the, the, the beautiful side of this, and that a day is coming when this whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Mark, can you imagine a day is coming on planet earth that after the fire, after the judgment, after the collapse, after the demonic is banished into the lake of fire, that there is going to come a time on this earth that children will sing again, melodies of light and beauty will shine once again, that the earth will be refreshed with the glory of God Almighty, the, the river of God flowing. I, we have this imagery in the book of Revelation about a river flowing from the throne of God, and on either side of it, this tree of life, and uh, the beautiful fruits and the, and the leaves for the, the healing of the nations. And I mean, there is going to be a time of bliss extraordinaire, and we get to be a part of that because it's not our Valhalla uh, or Valhalla, you know, of the pagans of, the, uh, of long ago in Europe. It's not, you know some rock and roll, nasty environment, low-tone place. Uh, it's not some make-believe place of Buddha. 
it, it is, is the kingdom of God. It is a place of joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is a place where there's no darkness, no need for the sun, no need for the moon or the stars to shine in it, for the, Lord, the glory of God is the light thereof. And the atmosphere of that city of God is not going to be some traditional thing we've thought about. It is so unexpressible to anybody that has ever had a moment of joy and happiness in their life, multiply it 10 billion times without any, anything impeding. And it never leaves. And our spirits can handle it because we're in glorified bodies. You know, I thank God for that day that is coming. I thank God for the resurrection. I thank God for the translation. I thank God for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I thank God for the, the, the promises that we have. And, and to finish well in this world, to walk through this moment, and to win as many souls as possible. And maybe there are no souls left to save. Only God knows. But if we're not out there looking, you know, you'll never know. Um, but then getting ourselves prepared for the coming of the Lord, making sure that we're not going to fall away, making sure that our love will not wax cold. That's why I appreciate your conversation so much today, making sure that uh, we're not going to be entangled again with the, the cares of this life, uh, the deceitfulness of riches, and that our, our, our life is going to be choked like the, the parable of the, of the sowing of the seed. So I am so thankful to God that there is a rich heritage for us to participate in right now in Christ and have a future hope uh, that, that standing up on the inside uh, on tiptoes without stretched neck, looking over our own humanity and waiting for expression and liberty and to break forth in the glorious liberty of the children of God. You know, that day is coming. We can taste it right now on this earth in, in a measure and, and, and just maintain the course. So, man, thank you for your call. I, I appreciate it so much. Good stuff. Thank you, brother. All right. You did your job. Thank you. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom, brother. Shalom. All right. Brother Mark calling in. Any questions, comments, thoughts about today? I mean, it's serious business because we have this hope that looks beyond the veil. We have this hope that looks beyond this present condition of things. We do know there will be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, that every heart can be free to worship God in, in splendor and glory and majesty. But now, at this very moment as we speak, tribulation, pressure, anxiety, collapse, pain, travail, and we've got to walk through it. And be prepared to walk through it. Our job is not, you know, again, I've, I've got a word to, tonight, this, this message. Now I want to preach it on the airwaves, but I'm, just, I'm going to preach it tonight. This is my Bible study right here. And if you're a born-again, spirit-filled Christian and you love God and you just kind of going through a dry season, you need to be a Bible study tonight. You need to show up at Bible study. You need to get the anointed word of God stone into your spirit. And... Um, you know, I just really believe that we're on the 25th day today, by the way. Let's just talk about this. We're on day number 25, which means we are at the exact halfway mark of the counting of the Omer. Tonight it will be day 26. But we are right now 25 days into the counting of the Omer. The, the, the days of expectation that on the 50th day, God is going to do something amazing. In the Old Testament, 
50 days after Passover, he brought them to Mount Sinai. They received the law. In the New Testament, 50 days after the, the death of Jesus Christ, Passover, he brought them to an upper room in Jerusalem and gave his spirit. Here we are in this year, 2022, and we have an expectation, we have a hope, we have a desire that as we gather together to celebrate the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest, the Feast of Pentecost, that there's going to be something of the Spirit of God imparted to a people that is going to be able to empower them to walk through whatever's coming. It's an equipping. And I don't think any of us are really prepared to deal with what's coming in our personal right now uh, condition. It's not that it's bad, but there's a further equipping to go. There's an anointing that is going to actually bring forth. And I, I'm hoping for that. I am. Um, 25 days. We're halfway there. Now, what were the, the, the early disciples doing? When Jesus died on the cross, right? And then he appeared to them. Well, after they died, they still knew about the counting of the Omer, the commandment of Moses. And they were still working things out. They were trying to adjust their thinking. So you go to the book of Acts, and what were they doing? They were looking through the word of God to see what needed to be set in order. They were preparing their hearts. They were counting the Omer. They were looking forward to something. They knew that uh, in, in the Torah that Moses had commanded them to count the Omer, the uh, uh, Ahasephorat Omer, right? So there was a commandment there, and they were doing it, and yet this time it was with a different expectation. They were remembering from the time they left Egypt 50 days later, Mount Sinai, the glory of the new covenant, or the old covenant, of the covenant of Moses. And now they're like, what's up next? Jesus said, go, wait in Jerusalem until, the, until you be endued with power from on high. So here's the early church in the book of Acts, you know, counting down, the days unto Shavuot or Pentecost or what's going to be called 50 at Pentecost. And what did they get? Man, they got hit with the Holy Spirit of God, tongues of fire. They were filled with the spirit of the living God. For the first time in the economy of God, a group of people would be filled with God's spirit, sealing them to eternal life, empowering them to go and do what God called them to do, which was to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ and eternal hope for the nations of the earth. I mean, and they had to be empowered to do it. So what is it right now that our generation is, is about to receive from God to be an empowerment to go and do what God needs to get done right now? And I tell you, there's something rich. There's something big. Now, we've been, we've been celebrating Pentecost for 2,000 years, right? You say 2,000 years. So now, after 2,000 years, what will every generation be in 40 years in this count? We're the 50th generation. We are the Jubilee generation. There's something significant in our 40-year span of time, and you can count every year within the 40 years waiting for something. Well, in our Jubilee generation right now, we are waiting for something of God's spirit to move or to shake or to break or to do something that is going to empower the remnant of God's people, the woman, whatever, to go into the wilderness. Something is ready to happen. I happen to believe it has something to do with an eagle anointing, uh, the two wings of a great eagle. There's something big ready to happen because God is a God of exact measures. If there's a massive labor pain that's coming to the nation, well, there's also a massive movement on the part of God bringing his people deeper into the eternal purpose of the things of God. So this is an amazing moment, and we're exactly halfway there. 
the 25th day to a 50-day count. Wow. So, I, I mean, I've gone through my, my trials recently. The enemy, I mean, Rick Wiles, death threats. Doc Burkhart, death threats. FBI, at the door, police, sheriffs, whatever, finding out, you know, who, who's threatening to kill them. Work it out. The devil coming to, to, to lie, to, to suggest things. The way that Vincent Xavier deals with that is I tell. I just tell it so I can get it exposed in the light. No secrets in this heart. Tell the truth. Put it out there. But the enemy is working. Brother Don said yesterday at the end of the broadcast that the devil is working on the ministers of God, those who carry the unction, the anointing, the message for the hour, to take them out because they're exposing too much. They're saying too much to people that have an ear to hear. So he's trying to get people not to tune in, not to listen. And yet those that are speaking and there are some listening, he's trying to get them out of the way. There's got to come something fresh. A fresh baptism, a fresh anointing. Something very, very fresh. Very fresh, Lord. I'm just trying to inspire Anybody that's listening, if you have a question or a comment today, I've got some extra time. 818-369-0326. I also better do this right away. Maybe here you are today once again, and you're wondering, which way do I go in my walk with the Lord? Um, I want to just get this out to you right now, and um, let's put this out there. If you need to call for prayer, there's a number. Don't get stuck in the muck, in the mire. Call for prayer. You need to confess your sin. You know what God told me? I, I believe this with all my heart. You're in a season. I would say that this 25th day of the counting of the Omer boils down to one thing, confession. This is the breaker anointing. This is where people are going to get through and get out of some of the dark dungeons that the enemy is trying to put their soul in. It's called confession. Do you remember that? People used to confess their sins. You see, when you confess, what, and I hate to use this example, but it's the only example I know. Um, the devil wants you to not tell what he's doing to you. The devil wants to put you in fear that if you say anything, people are going to think something about you. Don't be afraid to confess what's in your heart. First of all, go to your prayer closet. Confess to God what is going on in your heart. Tell him. Say, God, this is what's going on in my heart. And tell him everything he already knows. If that is still a, a situation where God wants you to go even deeper, and you need to confess your sins, and you're in an ecclesia, you belong to an ecclesia, go to your pastors. Go to your pastors first and confess to the pastor what it is that's going on in your heart. If God wants you to go even deeper, confess your sins publicly in front of the entire ecclesia. Tell on the devil. Tell them what is going on in your heart. Confess, acknowledge, 
Confession often means in the Greek to acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge what's going on. If you are actually participating in sin, and I was just talking about confessing the enemy, how he's trying to set you up, and so you tell on him so the strategy is broken. But if you are actually sinning, you are actually having sin in your heart, and this sin is offending God, you still need to confess it. You need to tell on yourself. You need to tell what you're doing. You need to confess your sin. But if you go to God and confess your sin, but you still haven't have repentance, and there's no gift of repentance, and there's no remorse, and there's no conviction, no brokenness, no turning away from it, and you're stuck in it, you need to tell. Tell your pastor. You need to tell the church. Don't go on Oprah Winfrey, for goodness sake, <clears throat> like the man who was leading 30 million evangelical Christians by the name of, well, anyways, don't go on Oprah Winfrey and tell the world. <clears throat> tell it to the church. Let them pray for you. Confession. Confession. Stop lying. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to your soul. Because, again, what happens through sin is the devil is now talking to your mind. He's excusing it. He's justifying it. He's telling you little stories about why you, you have a right to it. These are all deceptions to keep you in, and bring you into damnation. Don't do that. Confession. Confession. Now, if you want to confess to an intercessor <clears throat> on the other side of this <clears throat> microphone or in the screen, there's a number, 479 233 3774. You can call that number. Someone will answer the phone. And if it's confession, just say, I want to confess. You don't have to tell your name. You don't have to say where you're calling from. But if you need to confess, it's not like the Catholic Church are going to find a priest. I mean, people do do that. But if you need to unburden your heart today, call the number, 479-233-3774. And don't, don't, the person's not going to tell you to go say 25 Hail Marys or 50 Our Fathers. Receive prayer for deliverance. Receive instruction of what you need to do to break the curse of this sin in your life. Work with it. Work with it. It's so funny how things work. You start talking about confession and sin. <laughs> Watch the numbers. They just kind of go there. That's so funny. But if you have a question or a comment, call into the number. You can talk to me right now. You want to talk? Let's talk. 818-369-0326. You heard a lot on this broadcast today. I don't know where half these messages actually go. I don't know if people actually take the time to really listen to them, but they're out there. And I believe God's going to show himself true. I'll look at a few more comments here. Um, If the earth became fire and everything heats up to 1,200 degrees, what about the people that's in the spaceship around Earth or Mars? Mars. I don't know, John. I don't know if there are people flying in spaceships around and about. I don't know if they'll make it or not. Um, It's a good question. Uh, Where would they get food from? Ah. Ah. So Kevin wrote to John and said, 
if they were in space, they'd have a limited supply of food. They might escape the fire, but they might not get away from the hunger. Mm. You know, I've actually thought about it. Um, the bigger ships, a garden in them, just enough for about five or seven pilots and the water. And so, so he's saying that you could get a garden going in the ship or go on, find a planet that has life on it and water and all that. Who knows? Um, I don't think that's what the Bible calls for. I think that uh, the heavens being on fire are going to melt, according to Second Peter chapter 3. As a matter of fact, that's probably the scripture that you need to refer to, Second Peter chapter 3. Um, the heavens being on fire, the elements melting with fire, Second um, Peter chapter 3. So I don't think being in a spaceship in space is going to deal with it, even if you have a garden on a ship. Um, the heavens will be on fire. The earth will melt. The elements, it's all going to come down. There's, the, the only thing that's going to survive that kind of cataclysm uh, will have been people have been brought to the Lord. Uh, I don't believe we're going to be here for that display of God's wrath and anger. I believe that happens with the bold judgments. I believe that happens after uh, the resurrection of the dead and the translation of the saints of God, which is after the great tribulation. Uh, the word of God's pretty clear on those things. So, yeah, we don't want to be here for that. No, boy, no. Um, okay. Having said that, I think we're kind of quiet. We're going to let you go. I want you to remember that... Um, We love you. God bless you. Have a super blessed day. Shalom.